What's good, online fam? This is Brother Don, the lead sound engineer and creative director of Hope Center, the best church on the planet. And I'm beyond thrilled that you are tuning to the Hope Center podcast. This is your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. I know you don't hear from me that much, but I'm so happy that you guys are tuning into the second message of the I Declare War series 2020. This series is one of my favorites, and today's message, Pastor Sergio will give us the keys to utilize the weapons of the kingdom of our Savior. I don't want to hold this intro for too long, so let's dive into the word. God bless. In the book of Genesis, the is it all right if I teach today? All right, I'm, today I want to... Uh, as I call it, slow walk the dog today. In the book of Genesis, man was given a thing called dominion. Someone say dominion. For the scripture itself says that he gave man dominion over the earth. So man was given dominion. That means power and authority. That means the ability to steward, manage, cultivate, flourish and develop in the earth realm. So man was given power, authority, dominion. But what began to happen is, as you know the story, that when Satan threw the serpent, deceived and divided the first creation, Adam and Eve, what began to happen was there was a loss of dominion. There was an exchange of power when Adam and Eve surrendered their will to the serpent. That is Satan behind that work. So man gave up power, dominion, and authority. And someone say, that's bad news. That's bad news because as man gave up his dominion or the keys of power and authority, sin, evil came as a consequence. Hell and destruction and being indebted and bondage and spiritually bankrupt began to happen as a consequence. And someone say, that's bad news. So ever since then, in order for man to be restituted, when I say man, I mean humankind, in order for man to be restituted or be redeemed, there had to be a presentation of sacrifices. There had to be some sort of atonement for, for the remission of sins. And so, and so they, would have to, they would have to prepare sacrifices of animals so that the, the blood that was shed would be presented as a sacrifice or an offering in order to atone for the sins of the people. The Holy Spirit did not abide in that time. The Holy Spirit will only empower judges, kings, and priests from time to time. The uh, scripture says it this way, and the hand of the Lord was upon XYZ person, the the hand of God, and the Spirit came from time to time. So we didn't have access to the Holy Spirit. We didn't have access to the throne of God. We were completely separated from our divine relationship because when man had dominion, he was also given the responsibility of being in the presence of God and so when man gave that up not only did he lose power and dominion but he also lost presence he also lost connection and so when man gave up and surrendered his will to the will of Satan he lost the connection he was separated here it is here it is is this are you are you are you all with me all right all right all right and so what happened was there was a legal exchange and so that power that once was given to man now Satan had that power and that ability over man but 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 it will be through the restitution of sacrifices that man would be redeemed and restored from time to time but only one man was able to go 
into the holy of holies. Uh, man couldn't go past a certain place. He would only enter outside of the gates and then in the gates was the courts and then the courts there was the holy of holies and only one man could present on behalf of the people sacrifices and go to God. There was a veil that separated people from the Lord God himself. But here it is, Jesus came. Someone say, this is getting ready to be good news. Someone say, good news. Jesus came because man had completely fallen short of the glory of God. Man needed a defense attorney. Man needed a lawyer. Man needed an advocate because we were imprisoned, because we were in bondage, because we were completely separated from our connection, our constant connection to the presence of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus came so that man would be restored to his rightful place, so that man would be restored to to his rightful place in the presence of God so that man could have fellowship and communion not just once a year be forgiven not just once a year but can have access to the throne of God in fact the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 says having canceled the charge of our legal here it is indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away the Lord Jesus took it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed here it is the powers and the authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross so when Jesus died for you and I it was much deeper than simply an act or a sacrifice so so that we could uh, have a relationship but it was it was also another aspect to it that there was a, a legal exchange that was happening he disarmed the powers and authority and the keys of dominion, power, authority, relationship with God that were surrendered to the will of Satan. Here it is, Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and Hades. So essentially when Jesus came to the earth, he came to get the keys back. Someone say he got the keys. He got the keys back. Forget being a landlord. He became the Lord of Lords. He was the Lord of Lords from the foundations of the earth. He was the Lord of Lords even from the beginning. Before all of this came to pass, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. But now in the earth realm where men had lost power, dominion, and authority. Jesus got the keys back because he ultimately defeated hell, hell, death, and the grave, and he rose up as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and here it is. He purchased, he purchased you and I with his own life. All of the sin, all of the bondage, all of the enslavement that we were once tied to because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus. He got the keys back so that you and I wouldn't live with bondage, wouldn't live in yoke wouldn't live enslaved he gave his own life and we were purchased with a sacrifice but more than a sacrifice from from goats and lambs he was the ultimate sacrifice and he got the keys back and today he says not only did I get the keys back but I give you back the keys <laughs> I wish I had somebody that loved the Lord Jesus I love him I love him. I love him because with his, his death, burial, and resurrection, not only did he get the keys back, he, but he said, I'm giving you back the keys. I'll restore you to your rightful place. I'll restore your identity. I'll restore the relationship that we once had because of the death, burial, and resurrection. I'll give you the keys back. There was, in a, uh, there was a legal exchange happening. We needed a good lawyer. That's why the scripture calls him the advocate. He defends us. 
So if he got the keys back, why is there such a battle? If he got the keys back, Pastor Sergio, why do I battle so much? I'm glad that you asked. That's why I'm here. In, in the book of Isaiah, I want to teach you something. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 12 through 15. Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 12 through 15. If you want to read along with me, you can right there where you are. Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 12 through 15. The scripture says, How you are fallen from heaven. O Lucifer, son of the morning. So we know we have two narratives on the origins of Satan from the book of Ezekiel and the book of Isaiah. And here it is. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Pride began to kick in. I will exalt my throne. This is Satan now. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I, 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 I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Can I tell you why there's a constant battle? Here it is. If you pay attention to the I will statements of Lucifer before he was cast down and became Diabolos, the devil, Satan, which means adversary. If you pay attention to the I wills, you will realize why the battle is as real as it is. If you pay attention to the I wills, he says, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. Here it is. I will make myself like the most high. So what? See, some of y'all wonder, but, but, why he picking a fight with me? I ain't done nothing to the devil. I just came to Jesus three weeks ago. Why me? Here it is. Because Satan desired to make himself like the most high. But in the book of Genesis, God had a, a meeting with himself because he's that bad. And by bad, I mean good. He was having a conversation with us. You ever talk to yourself? Father, Son, Holy Spirit having a conversation. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So what you've got to understand, the reason why the battle is as tough as it is, the reason why the battle 
is as real as it is is because at one point Lucifer before he was our adversary he desired to be like the most high God and the place that he wanted to be God said no no I didn't create you for that so you can't exalt yourself and put yourself in that position you've let pride into your heart so I got to cast you out and teach you a lesson but here it is just because I'm God just because I am who I am I'm gonna make somebody in my image and in my likeness and it's and it's not going to be you. But he said there's going to be people that are a part of Hope Center that will be created in my image and in my likeness. So the reason why the battle is as real is because of who you are and what you carry. <laughs> Some of y'all, why is the battle real? It's because of who you are. You are, you are an image bearer of the glory of God. Even, oh, I wish I had somebody. I know, I know y'all receiving now. Now I feel this thing. <laughs> y'all gonna wake up my whole neighborhood. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, that, that, see, that's how we receive up in here. See, the reason why it's as real as it is is because you bear the image of God. You know why the devil hates you so much and you should hate him back too. You know why he hates you? Because even when you were addicted, you still carried the image of God. Even when you were jacked up, up in the club, wasting money in a drunken stupor, making all types of foolish mistakes, fooling with this person, fooling with that person. You were injecting and smoking all kinds of drugs. You were caught up in perversions. You were jacked up, messed up with all your issues, yet you still carry. I love the Lord Jesus. If you realize that, the scripture says, even when we were yet sinners, Christ loved us and in fact gave his life for us. So even when we were messed up, jacked up, broken with our issues, with our bondage, yet the love of Jesus was still there because you were made in his image. So even when life try to take your value, nothing could take the value that you carry the image and likeness of our God. Even when you were lost in your trespasses, nothing could take away that you were created in the image and likeness of our God. Even when the world rejected you, even when they despised you, even when people felt like you, didn't, you weren't worthy of anything, you wouldn't accomplish anything, the Lord Jesus said, you carry my image and my likeness. So it's not in as much of, of what you've done and haven't done, it's what's inside of you. <laughs> it's what's inside of you. Some of you say, I just started serving God. Why am I getting attacked? Baby, it's not about where you are, it's about where you're going. If, if the enemy can stifle you now, if the enemy can divide you now and discourage you now, he will accomplish his mission, which is to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you were to realize that it's not about where I am right now, it's about where I'm going, you will realize that Moses, before he grew up to be the great deliverer, there was an edict, there was a creed. They said, they said listen, Something's getting ready to happen. We're going to kill all of the firstborn. Because it, the attack wasn't so much about where he was. It was about where he was going. 
I wish I had. I wish I had about 15 of you that were. When Jesus was getting ready to be born, there was a decree from Herod. They said, we're going to kill all the firstborn that were, that were going to be born around the same time of Jesus. Why? Because if he can kill you early, if he could destroy you while you're young, he will completely take you out of the purpose, plan, and assignment of God for your life. But I came. I came on a divine assignment. I came under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I came filled with power to decree and declare and serve notice on every power in hell that has come against your life to try to kill your assignment, your purpose, and your life. I want to serve notice to every demon in the pit of hell that has risen against you. And I tell you, you will not prosper. You will not prosper. You will not be able to take the people of God of this ministry from the purpose and the assignment of God over their lives someone say I've got the keys you've got to realize that you have the keys people of God you have the keys and these keys are weapons someone say weapons there are three weapons in particular that arm you for battle I want to give you strategy for the battle the keys that the Lord Jesus obtained and now has given us, these keys are weapons, powerful, dangerous weapons. The first weapon that I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. I want you to engage with the word with me. I want you to follow along. The first key is the key of the blood. There is power in the blood Leviticus teaches us that life is in the blood the scripture also teaches us that without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of sin the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 teaches us that the blood of Jesus spoke a better word than that of Abel if you if you read Genesis and the narrative there it tells us the story about Abel when he was murdered by his brother his brother Cain and the, the, the scripture says that the blood spoke it gave witness it bared a testimony and the blood of Jesus speaks an even better word than that of Abel there is power in the blood when you study the blood all throughout scripture it teaches us that through the blood it remits sin the blood redeems the blood it brings forgiveness of sins it cleanses our conscience from the dead works to serve the living God when we understand the blood we understand that it is the means by which we enter the most holy place with God when we understand the blood it is the means by which we overcome the accuser the enemy is an accuser y'all the enemy will accuse you remind you of what you did here and who you were with in the past and the person you used to be he is an accuser because as long as he can accuse you and get you to surrender his your will to his will he would have ultimately defeated you. But the blood of Jesus was granted and given to us to overcome. That's why the book of Revelation said, we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. 
there's power in the blood. And I know we only preach in churches the blood of Jesus around Easter, but is it all right if I talk about the power of the blood? That's why, that's, that's why there have been songs about the blood. There have been stories and movies about the blood. That, that, that we understand that scripture teaches on the blood because it was through the blood that we obtained victory. It was through the blood when he shed it at the garden of Gethsemane to redeem our will. It was blood that was shed when Jesus was whipped to break the curse of sickness and disease from our life. It was when Jesus was, had a crown of thorn placed on his head to break the curse of poverty and release us into God's abundance. It was the blood when it, his hands were pierced to restore total dominion in our walk and the works of our hands. It was the blood that was shed when he was pierced on his side that connected us to now be a part of the family of God. It was the blood that was, that was he bled internally, that was shed on the inside so that he could break every bit of iniquity and the inner drive of sin from the inside of our lives. The blood has power. The blood has power. So when the enemy comes and he tries to accuse you, when the enemy comes and he tries to overpower you, when the enemy comes with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, you remind the enemy of the key that you have. You were purchased by the blood. That your life was bought by the blood. That you have been set free because of the blood. That you live because it was through the exchange of your life through his life. The blood, the transfusion of his life through the blood that now you have an abundant eternal life. It is through the blood. Someone say the blood. blood. See the blood, they taught us this, you know, back in the day. We don't, we don't really speak about this now. They, but they, they, used to, they used to teach us about warfare, about pleading the blood. You, see, they used to teach us these strategies back in the day. See, there are some things that, you, that this young generation needs to understand that is not being taught because we're getting attacked from all sides, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And we got to go back to understanding the keys, the, the authority that we have. And when you start getting attacked in the night hour, you got to rise up in the power of God and begin to plead and declare the blood of of Jesus when you when you're driving your car the blood of Jesus when you're going into that warfare I mean your job you've got to plead the blood of Jesus when you about to go when you about to go to that to that pit that den of lions whatever it is you got to plead the blood of Jesus you got to remind yourself and you've got to remind the enemy that the blood was shed on Calvary to give you power and authority that the key that you have to victory is not in your power it's not in your might, but it is by the blood of Jesus. Sometimes you have to wake up because, yeah, I don't know if it's happening. You just get some thoughts and you're like, Lord Jesus, where did that come from? Baby, when you start getting some thoughts that you know that didn't come from me. I don't know why I'm thinking these impure, unclean thoughts. These, this negative thinking. Baby, you've got to remind yourself the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Because when you remember the blood, you remember your value. You remember your identity. You remember your worth. You remember your purpose. You remember your calling and your assignment. Sometime you've got to plead the blood of Jesus. Someone say there's power in the blood. The second key the Lord has given us, the second weapon, is the power in the word. 
the key or the weapon of the power we have in his word. Is this, are you receiving today, by the way? Are you receiving? Okay, okay. Uh, are people still on YouTube and Facebook? I don't, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was too much for Facebook and YouTube, but. <laughs> There's power in the word. There's power in the word. There's power in the word. The scripture was written in three languages. The, has about 600,000 words. It was written by more than 40 traditional authors. It was written by people from diverse occupational backgrounds. It was written through the span of three continents. And it was, and, it, and the word of God, of course, as we know, the book of Timothy teaches us that it is inspired fully. Although it was written by man, it was divinely inspired. It is God breathed, the scripture says. It is, it is the word of God itself. It is coherent, it is consistent. There are no voids in, in, the, in the word of God. And the more you get into the word, you will realize that it is consistent. You will realize that everything adds up and it aligns with one another. But here it is, more than just simply being a book that people study and read, the book has power to transform us. One writer said it this way, news articles may inform us, novels may inspire us, poetry may enrapture us, but only the living, active word of God can transform us. See, here it is. God didn't create the world by his thoughts. That would have been something, but he didn't do it that way. Scripture says that he created the world through his through his words. Jesus is the word manifested in the flesh. The book of John talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus himself is and was the word. So here it is. When you are attacked by the enemy in your thought life because you are hearing curses or people spoke negatively over your life or there are thoughts on your head, baby, I wanna let you know you will not be able to defeat it with just good thoughts. You will not be able to overcome with simple, let me just, let me just, um, let me just find some strength within. Baby, no, you ain't going to find no strength within. The deeper you go within, the more you realize, I need Jesus. <laughs> the, baby, there are some things that you're not going to be able to overcome. Let me just think 10 12, to 12 uh, positive thoughts, and there's nothing wrong with positive affirmations, but can I tell you, positive affirmations will go but so far, but the word of God can transform you from the inside out. So when you are battling, baby, you've got to, you've got to tap into the key or the weapon of the power in the word of God. How do I know this? Let's go to the book of Matthew. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. <laughs> oh, I'm teaching today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Someone say, I've got the keys. Someone say, I got the keys. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. When you got to say, I got it. Hallelujah. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> After 40 days, I will believe so. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, now you've got to pay attention here. He said, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
when the enemy comes to attack you, he will always try to distort what God has already spoken over you. The devil knew that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God. But he came and said, if you are the Son of God, to move him from his place of identity in God the Father. Here it is. But Jesus responded to him. He said, let me think 10 positive thoughts so I can overcome this one. No. He said, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here it is, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. So here he is. The devil knows the word too. <laughs> and what's dangerous is when the devil knows the word better than you. Because he says, he said, <laughs> he will, he's quoting Psalms here. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, listen, booger. <laughs> you trying to come at me with the word. I am the word. It is also written. Do not put the Lord God to test. And again, the devil took him. Here's the third temptation. To a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said. If you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, away from me, Satan. For it is written. Worship the Lord God and serve him only. Then the devil lift, left him and angels came and attended him. What do I want to teach you today? That you've been given the key, the weapon of the word of God. So when the enemy comes and attacks you, baby, you've got to have a word in your mouth. When the enemy tries to overcome you in your thought life and in your emotions and give you all types of thoughts and all types of ideas and suggestions, you've got to use the weapon of the word of God. You've got to be able to say it is written. You've got to be able to quote some scripture. You've got to be able to live and breathe this word because when you breathe this word, there is no word that is spoken against you that will be able to overcome you you will hear criticism you will hear opposition you will people will curse your name but when you know who you are whose you are and you know the word you're able to declare nah nah you ain't gonna be able to bring me down baby i know the word of god i know who i am through the word my life is gr grounded and rooted in the word i've received promises from the word of god my life is anchored on the word of god God. My life is not anchored on the word of man. My life is anchored on the word of God. My life is not anchored on the opinions of man. My life is anchored on the word of God. It is written. That is the key that we have. But so many people are powerless in their mind being believers because they don't know the word. I want to challenge somebody to go back to our foundation, to go back to the divine strategy that we have. Your war is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual thing. So you've got to know your word so that you can speak and align your thinking to the thinking of God. Align your speech to the word of God. For far too long, the reason we get entrapped 
Can I just continue to teach? The reason we get entrapped is because even our words make legal in the spirit realm, make legal agreements with the word of Satan. What that means is you have so much power, Proverbs, power, life, and death is in your tongue. So what you speak and what you confess, it comes out of what's inside of your heart. And when you speak, the enemy comes and attacks you. You're not worthy. You don't belong. You will never amount to anything. Uh, you know, you should, just, you should just kill yourself or you should just do this. You should do that. You should go here. You should. What happens is as you begin to speak that, now you are coming to agreement with the word of the devil. And we enchain ourselves because we bind ourselves legally. I break right now in the name of Jesus. Every agreement that you've made. In fact, right there where you are, say, I renounce every agreement I've ever made. I renounce every agreement that I've ever made, every word that I've spoken that has aligned myself with the word of the enemy. I come now in the name of Jesus using the power of the blood and the power of the word. And I unbind myself. I detach myself. I disconnect myself from every agreement in the satanic realm. And in the name of Jesus, I align my life and my, and my entire being with the word word of God in the name of Jesus there's power in the name the third key the third weapon we have is the power in the name of Jesus There's power in the name of Jesus. When we talk about names, you've got to understand that names hold the weight. A name represents the character of a person. The name represents the nature, the personality, the attributes of a person. Now, this is not a part of my notes, but this is just while I'm on the subject. Too often times we name our children just any kind of name. You naming them after cardinal directions and... <laughs> we just sound good. You combining all types of names. Let me just remix. Put this name here and this name and let me put it together. Ooh, that sounds great. And we just give all, any kind of name. Do you understand that in, in ancient times, they gave you a name according to your prophetic destiny? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm named uh, I'm after my senior, after my old man, uh, after my great-great-grand. But what did your great-great-grandfather do? And we don't realize, I'm, I'm going to teach on generational stuff in the, in the next week or two. I'm going to teach on that. So that's coming. Let me, not, let me not get ahead of myself. But a name holds so much weight because it's supposed to represent character, nature, personality, attributes, prophetic destiny. That's why the scripture teaches us that the Lord Jesus is Emmanuel in the Old Testament. That means God with us. And when they named him Jesus in the original Yeshua, it literally means salvation of the Lord. So his name 
represented what he came to do. The book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 through 11, it says, the name of, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, uh, those in heaven, those on the earth, and those under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus because did you know that names give you access? You remember you used to try to get in the VIP? Maybe not here, but... <laughs> And what, what would they tell you? Is your name on the list? You say, no, but I know someone who is. <laughs> and you give them the what? The name. the name. Because names give you access. When you, when you understand the power in the word, what you do is you, re you admit that my name holds no value or weight. <laughs> So when I do what I do, when I preach, teach, prophesy, lay hands, cast out devils, heal the sick, I don't do it in the name of Sergio Chavez. Because baby, can I tell you the name Sergio Chavez will do nothing for you. If you're, if you're expecting to receive something from bro, bro, pastor, sir, bro, no, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not Sergio Chavez. It's the name, it's the name, it's the name of Jesus. See, see what we do, we do it in the name of Jesus and I realize that that when I, when I speak the name of Jesus, that I admit that my name holds no weight, but the name of Jesus has all power. When I speak the name of Jesus, I identify with the person of Jesus Christ because I am I'm speaking to his name, his character, his attribute, his personality, his authority. When I speak the name of Jesus, I submit to his will and everything around me has to submit to the name of Jesus. Not my power, not my ability, but the name of Jesus when we speak the name of Jesus we are representing his interest on the earth so when we come and everything that we do when we enter spiritual warfare you've got to do it in the name of Jesus there's power in the name and some of y'all don't use the weapon of the name of Jesus when you pray baby you've got to pray in the name of Jesus when you feel attacked you've got to bend, begin to rebuke and cast out in the name of Jesus you've got to break some things in the spirit in the name of Jesus he gave you his name the scripture says his name is a strong tower when we speak the name of Jesus something happens in the spirit realm and we're shielded and we're protected and the defense of our God is around us not in any other name. Sal ah, I feel this thing. Salvation is through his name. The power is in his name. He is savior. He is redeemer. He is restorer. He is comforter. He is deliver. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. That's why in Mark chapter... 16 the scripture says and these signs the signs that Jesus was performing shall follow them that believe here it is in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak 
with new tongues. Jesus said, I've given you all power and authority in my name. I have no authority. I feel like I don't have power, Pastor. He said, these signs shall follow those that believe not in your name. You can't do anything for anybody. You can't offer what the Lord Jesus can. You've got to do it in his name by belief and by faith. So you right there where you are, man of God, I got to speak to you. Because there have been some attacks in your household. But I want to let you know you've been given power. You've been given the keys. Speak the name of Jesus in your household. Mama, I know that you're thinking about your kids and you're concerned. Begin to speak the name of Jesus over your children. I know that I know that couple's watching me and you're concerned. Begin to invite and invoke and speak the name of Jesus that has all power. I know that you've been... You've been tormented at night. As you wake up in the middle of the night, begin to speak the name of Jesus. These are keys that we have. Somebody bring me keys. I need keys. Toss them, toss them, toss them. I feel this thing. You know, I got a serious issue I need to get delivered from too, you know. I would always misplace my, my keys. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't lose them. I misplaced them. <laughs> and my wife... Pastor Fran, yeah, you're, that's right. Hmm. <laughs> we need to go. Where my, where my keys? <laughs> go on, go on, go, go on near the car. I'll be there. Just wait for me. I'm, uh, I'm gonna use the bathroom. One day I got a revelation, y'all. They have key trackers now. I've been delivered ever since. Because guess what? I still misplaced my keys. But I just go on my phone. I look up the app. And I'm able to track it. Can I tell you these spiritual keys and weapons? You thought you lost them. Ah, but you needed a source that is able to track. You need a source that's greater than you, smarter than you. I know my track is smarter than me. You need a source to remind you of where those keys are. Holy Spirit is the one that scans and tracks and empowers and gives boldness and encourages and reminds us of the keys we have in the blood of Jesus. 
the key we have in the word of God, the key that we have in the name of Jesus. You thought you lost them. The Holy Spirit says, recover the keys. Because can I tell you, without these keys, we can do nothing. Pastor, I can do many things. What are you talking about? When I wake up in the morning, I, can, I get up myself. I go brush my teeth with my, myself and I put clothes on myself and I drive by myself. I can do all those things. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. John 15 said, remain in me. I will remain in you. In me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. That attack against your life, you will not be able to overcome outside of the keys that you've been given. The power in the blood, the power of the word, the power in his name. Outside of me, I've gotten to the place where I say, God, teach me to do everything. To be the husband I need to be. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Teach me to be the pastor. Teach me to be the leader. Teach me to be the friend, to be the family. Teach me to be the pastor. Teach, teach me. Help me track. Holy Spirit, the keys that I need so that I don't try to engage in any battle without the weapons that you've given me. Holy Spirit says to you today you've been given the keys the enemy made you feel like you lost it the enemy made you feel like you were just gonna roll over and die in that misery the enemy made you feel like you were unworthy like you don't matter like you have no purpose the enemy made you feel that you lost the keys I feel this thing strongly right now because I come in the authority not in my name in the name of Jesus and I tell you you will live you will not die 